KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, January 27th. Whistleblowers alerted the county about problems in its public defender office years before a costly verdict. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A new homeless shelter for women is now open at the Old Central Library in downtown. The shelter has 36 beds and will operate at night. It's run by the National Alliance for Mental Illness of San Diego and Imperial Counties. NAMI will provide case management, access to social services, and housing navigation services to people at the shelter. The shelter will be open for six months. After that, the city will explore the possibility of creating affordable housing on the city-owned property. The grand opening was on the same day as the annual point-in-time count. Median home prices in the county are down nearly $100,000 from its peak price last year. That's according to reporting by the San Diego Union-Tribune. The median home price was $756,000 last month. That price is down from a record high of $850,000 last May. The median includes all single-family homes, townhouses, and condos. The county's median home price is still 2.4% higher than it was this time last year. Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park is one of 20 museums in the running for the title of Best Pop Culture Museum in the country. The designation is part of USA Today's 2023 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards. You can help the Comic-Con Museum win the award by voting at www.10best.com awards. You can vote once a day until February 13th. From KPBS... You're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Volunteers took to the streets to do the annual point-in-time count yesterday. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says the yearly tally helps paint a picture of homelessness in the region. But there's many people who go uncounted. Early Thursday morning, 1,600 volunteers at over 37 deployment sites throughout the county helped to put a number on San Diego's growing homeless population through a point-in-time count. The early results of the tally showed the issue continues to get worse. Senior citizen Connie McCreeth knows the pain of being homeless, but she's now living at a transitional housing facility downtown. I have an income, but circumstances with economy, I can't afford the permanent roof over my head. Official numbers for this year's count will be released in the coming months, which will help determine the amount of federal funding for homeless services directed to the region. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Last year's point-in-time count showed a large number of people experiencing homelessness in the East County. District 2 Supervisor Joel Anderson says that while a large encampment on Magnolia Avenue has been replaced with a safe parking site, he's still concerned about people camped out along riverbeds and drainage ditches. 
And when the rains come, like they did last week, we saw a lot of their belongings washing out to the ocean. We need to get to those folks before anybody uh, dies. We need to get to those folks and make sure that we increase their quality of life along with their neighbors. Anderson said five years ago, East County officials weren't aware there was an issue with homelessness in their area and that a lot of progress has been made in the past year in finding shelter for people. In North County yesterday, volunteers attempted to count the number of people without a permanent roof over their heads. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne went out with service providers in Escondido. Interfaith Community Services is the only provider of low-barrier homeless shelters for all genders in North County. Thursday morning, Interfaith CEO Greg Angel joined volunteers for the point-in-time count. He says he expects the numbers to be higher in North County this year. Last year, we counted about 2,000 individuals experiencing homelessness just in North County. There are only 150 shelter beds entirely in North County. So the availability of shelter just doesn't match how many people are out here living in situations like this. Interfaith is preparing to open a 36-bed family shelter in March. And Oceanside's first homeless shelter is expected to open in June. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Whistleblowers alerted San Diego County about alleged poor treatment of employees in its public defender office in late 2020. That was two years before a jury awarded $2.6 million to an ex-employee earlier this month in his wrongful termination suit. KPBS investigative reporter Amitha Sharma explains. In November 2020, at least two whistleblowers filed complaints against the Public Defender's Office with San Diego County. The complaints alleged retaliation, hostility, racial insensitivity, and conflict of interest. The allegations followed the firings of three deputy public defenders, including Zach Davina, who earlier this month won a $2.6 million judgment in a wrongful termination lawsuit against the county. County spokesman Mike Workman told KPBS in an email that the county's Office of Ethics and Compliance investigated the whistleblower complaints, but Workman said the probe was suspended when officials learned that two of the three fired deputy public defenders might sue. Dan Eaton is a San Diego legal analyst. Once litigation begins, it is not uncommon for whatever investigation is in process to be put on hold, which is what the county essentially did, because the litigation has a whole different set of rules for finding out what happened. This raises questions as to whether anything has been done over the past two years about the alleged hostile work environment inside the public defender's office. KPBS asked the county for details on the investigation. When was the probe launched? How many people were interviewed and when was it suspended? The county refused to comment, but Eaton says county officials had choices. The county doesn't have to put an investigation on hold. 
Here's what we do know about the investigation. Lawyer Chris Ludmer represents ex-deputy public defenders Davina and Michelle Reynoso, who has also filed a wrongful termination suit. Ludmer says he notified the county on November 24, 2020, that litigation was pending. That was about three weeks after the whistleblowers filed their complaints. Ludmer says the county never contacted his clients for an interview about the complaints. However, the county did forward the complaints to public defender management. Testimony during Davina's wrongful termination trial revealed that in early December 2020, a supervisor in the public defender's office said in a letter to the county that an internal HR investigation report had determined the whistleblower complaints were unfounded. That's the same report public defender Randy Mize testified during trial that he signed knowing it contained false statements by supervisors in his office. I'll bet 10 to 1 that that decision to put the investigation on hold was dictated by the lawyers in the litigation. New York University law professor Stephen Gillers says an employer is obligated to investigate allegations of discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. In other words, the law doesn't change just because an employer has been sued. Because the concern of the organization is to make sure that things are being done properly, whatever the legal fallout in the litigation. In Davina's case, the jury agreed that as a gay man, he was discriminated against for his gender expression. At one point, Davina was asked whether he was too flamboyant and animated during his tenure review panel. The jury also found that Davina faced retaliation. Gillers says the pressure only intensifies on a workplace to investigate when jurors agree with the plaintiff, such as they did in Davina's wrongful termination lawsuit. That jury also found that the county did nothing to prevent discrimination and retaliation against Davina. The heat is on. They have an affirmative obligation to figure out what it is that was going on that persuaded the jury to award a multi-million dollar verdict. Another verdict may be on the way. Former Deputy Public Defender Reynoso's case, which is similar to Davina's, is scheduled for trial next month. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News. The transgender woman at the center of a controversy in Santee is defending herself. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has the story. It was standing room only at Wednesday night city council meeting in Santee. It appears that I inadvertently caused quite a scandal. Word got out that Kristen Wood, a transgender woman, would be speaking during public comment a couple of weeks after a teenager told the same council that she was terrified after seeing Wood outside her shower at the YMCA locker room. I am a threat to no one. But those against Wood and people like her made their voices heard too. We are not going to bow down to your gender ideology cult. During an interview with KPBS Midday Edition, Wood was asked if she felt safe. Sweetie, I'm as safe as any transgender woman of color, which means probably not so much, considering that I do live in East County and have for 15 years. I am not about to leave. Santee's mayor said during the meeting they've met with the YMCA and the legal team to make sure everyone feels protected and valued in the community. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. 
coming up. Need plans for the weekend? We've got you covered with some weekend arts events worth checking out. We'll have that story and more after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. You've heard of pickup games in basketball and baseball, but what about pickup sword fighting? It's all in fun with foam swords. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne introduces us to the live-action fantasy role-playing sport. Every Saturday at Poinsettia Park in Carlsbad, a battle goes down. Basically, we're a, a fantasy foam fighting. Um, the best way to describe it is, is a pickup sport. Now, I want to be clear that I knew close to nothing about live-action fantasy role-playing or amp guard when I took on this story. But Brian Middaugh broke it down for me. And this is AmpGuard is the name of the sport. I'm the, um, the right now the Duke of this, uh, of this small establishment. Only the Duke of this park. Middaw says shows like Game of Thrones and Rings of Power are striking a deeper curiosity into the fantasy world. Come out with a positive attitude and uh, fun, have fun fighting. The group meets every Saturday at 1 o'clock in Poinsettia Park in Carlsbad. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. The Farmers Insurance Open wraps up tomorrow and the winner will get two trophies that represent San Diego. One features the iconic Torrey Pine and the other you can ride the waves with. KPBS reporter Melissa May has the story. The Farmers Insurance Open has one of the most functional trophies in professional sports. It's a custom mini longboard from Hanson Surfboards in Encinitas, hand-shaped by Craig Hollingsworth, who's been shaping boards for 48 years. It's like a feather in my cap, in Hanson's cap, so it's, uh, I don't really want to say bragging rights, because, you know, but because I'm not winning. <laughs> I'm just making the board, but, it, but it's, it's kind of nice doing, you know, things like this, you know. To date, no winner has taken their board out on the water, but some say when their days of playing professional golf are done, they may take their trophy off the wall and surf with it. Melissa May, KPBS News. And before you go, a few weekend arts events to check out. KPBS arts editor Julia Dixon-Evans joined KPBS's Harrison Patino with some of her picks for the weekend. So first, let's start with this Oaxacan Galaguetza Festival at the San Diego Museum of Art. What can you tell us? This is inspired by a festival. It's held annually in Oaxaca, and it's in conjunction with one of the San Diego Museum of Art's current exhibits, the Sergio Hernandez Embers of Oaxaca exhibition. Hernandez is a Oaxacan artist, and the works in the exhibition really draw on this indigenous Mesoamerican roots, the myth in the paintings, as well as the imagery and the materials that he uses. It's been on view for a while, but it closes in a few weeks. And this festival is totally free. It includes 
includes admission to the museum. So if you haven't had a chance to check out the exhibition, now's a great time. There'll be traditional dances and music from the region and some art-making activities as well, and also a market. And it's on Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. Okay, so let's talk about some theater now. New Village Arts has a new production of The Ferryman. What's it about? Yeah, this is a play by English playwright Jez Butterworth. Uh, He wrote it in 2017, and it is set in 1981 in Northern Ireland during the Heart of the Troubles. And it weaves together multiple storylines that are all somehow connected to one farm's annual harvest. And it has a huge cast, including Joy Yvonne Jones as Caitlin Carney. And this is going to be the first production in the newly named Dea Hurston New Village Arts Center. Uh, This weekend, they're still in pre So this is a chance to see it at a lower cost. The shows are 8 p.m. tonight and Saturday night and 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And New Village Arts did warn that the script has adult content. So they're advising that it's not suitable for kids under the age of 15. We'll we'll have more child-friendly stuff later on in the segment. But artist Perry Vasquez has a new exhibition opening on Saturday called Some Palms. What can we expect? So this is at Quint Gallery in La Jolla, and it's a solo exhibition of Perry Vasquez's palm tree paintings. And first, I'll say that he is a super versatile artist, and we got to see a lot of his breadth as an artist in his San Diego Art Prize exhibition recently. Um, Really intricate drawings, poetry, painting. But since 2017, he's also been painting a bunch of portraits of palm trees. Some of them are straightforward. Some of them are on fire. And I really love what happens when artists do that sort of repetitive series work, when they can really dwell in a subject and, or a format and play with it. And you can see it for yourself at Quint on Girard through February 18th. And on this Saturday, they're doing a morning reception from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay, so now we're going firmly into the Scandinavian portion of this segment. Broadway's Frozen tour is in town. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Have have you? I have not seen it. <laughs> so I have a daughter who is in seventh grade. So she's too cool for Frozen now, but she certainly was not. When the movie came out when she was four, we listened to the soundtrack so much. I definitely had a love-hate relationship with it. But I did. I took her with me to see the Broadway musical this week. We both enjoyed it. It was really entertaining. The special effects were great. And I guess enough time had passed that I wasn't sick of the songs anymore. The songwriters, in fact, the songwriters from the original movie, they wrote a handful of new songs for the stage production, mostly to give us more backstory of the family and kind of flesh that out. And they also let us dwell in some of the more theatrical elements. And this is one of those new songs. I'm saving you from the earworms of the Frozen smash hits. This one's called Huga, and it was kind of a ridiculous side plot about that Danish concept of, of coziness, Huga. But allow me to translate Huga. means comfortable. That was KPBS's Julia Dixon Evans speaking with KPBS Midday Edition producer Harrison Patino. For more info on those arts events and more, visit kpbs.org/arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emmalyn Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online 
at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.